Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jeff is back to interviewing artists and writers on Everything is Awesome. He and his guests cover social issues from a leftist perspective. Check out all his many works at JeffsAwesomePods.com. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Some Spoiled, a song of ice and fire to the co-host Switcheroo. I don't know why I did it that way. It just... (laughs) 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 Returning to Westeros, HBO Spoiler Edition, uncut, uncensored. Uh, In this episode, we're going to cover chapters 40 and 41 of A Storm of Swords, Bran and Jon. These two chapters have Bran and Jon almost meeting one another. So very close. So close. But it's one of the few times where if they had met, it would have really gone poorly. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Unspoiled. Monsters are dangerous, and just now, kings are dying like flies. I am the king! Fuck the king. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. So, these two, yeah, it's um the kind of, like ships passing in the night sort of situation. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about this? Because this won't be the only time this happens, but it's uh, definitely one that I had forgotten happened because it's, yeah. you know, sort of not on the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, or maybe it is on the it, show. I actually don't remember. The, the, I, it's funny because I remember this actually from the show and you guys oh, know okay. that has been a real like hit or miss with me. It can mm-hmm. go either way. And I, it, I was reading this chapter, and it's and it's not exactly this way in the show. So it took me a minute to realize, oh, this was this is was this in the show. In the show, they're at the same place, but I don't remember if it gets. I don't think we get any kind of backstory about Queen's Crown. I don't even remember if they call it that. But in the show, they Bran and and everybody because you know it's a whole crew in the show. They didn't do like it's um. Bran and Rickon are still together, and there's two dire wolves still, and then um, mm-hmm. Osha, Asha, 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 Osha, 
is with them still, but they're in like what's described in this chapter, like at the very beginning where like the end doesn't have like any walls and there's like this weird mill or something there. That's where they are in the show. They don't cross over the lake and go into this tower thing. I'm sorry. I can't. Um, I know, right? That, we, that how long were we? How long were we talking before we hit record? It, it's been you know, like three like hours. hours, and then we hit record a whole what seven minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And here comes the horn. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a spiteful, spiteful mechanism. <laughs> Just it's starting to feel very personal because I know there's not a fucking fire nowhere. There's no fire. <laughs> You're gonna feel so bad if you start to see a cloud I know, of right? smoke on the horizon. Fucking turn on the six o'clock news, and half my neighborhood's gonna be engulfed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. I was mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so it took me a minute to like you know remember this this bit. But yeah, I like this much better. There's a couple of things that are different too, like in the show. Uh. In the show, when Hodor st- Hodor starts like having the meltdown because of the storm, mm-hmm. they are like, "Bran, you got to do something. You got to like calm him down some way." But here in the in the in the book, it's like Bran wasn't even really trying to do it. It just kind of happened. Yeah, and and and. And not only was like Brand kind of like freaked out about it, but they were also like, "What did you do to Hodor?" <laughs> they seem to be very aware. Like something just happened. What the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, like I don't remember exactly how the show handled. Do they know what he's done? Are they at all aware? In the, in the show, if I'm not mistaken. They're like, you need to do it. it uh, somebody can Google when you're listening to this. I might be like close. Maybe it'll be in Austin's notes even. But I feel like the energy in the show was like, Bran, you need to like get this under control. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> in, in, in a way that felt like they they knew that he was warging and that they thought he could warg in the Hodor and like get control of him to calm him down. But, you know, we'll we'll see in the notes if that's an accurate memory. Yeah. Um, and it was and they still had both dogs in the show. Well, both dire wolves, I'm sorry, y'all. I was like what? in the in the show. <laughs> so when uh, the attack happens, like in here in the book, John doesn't even like he's not even sure what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And he's just like that that is that a dire wolf? I, and, is it gray? And then he's like, Oh, is that gray wind? And I was like, what? Great, where do you get that from? <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? He's sent ghosts afar <laughs> from him, I guess. <laughs> so, perhaps. Um, but, but to your your original question, is just what, how did I feel about them being so close together, but mm-hmm. not connecting? It's heart-wrenching. Thanks for asking. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Yeah, I have such mixed feelings about it because it's really, truly, you want them to see each other. You want them to have that moment of realizing, like, mm-hmm. Bran is still alive and John is, like, doing his best, I guess, is really the only right, thing I right. can say about John. Right. But also, if the wildlings saw Bran and figured out who he was, uh, 
Yeah. Wow. It would have gone so poorly. So, like when you, when like when your, my heart is like, I cannot believe they're this close and they don't get to connect. This Mm -hmm. is like too much to even bear. But then the minute you take your heart out of it and you start thinking about like the sort of like the realities of the circumstance, you are a hundred percent right. If they had really connected and it became clear who they were to each other, who Bran was in particular, my God, (laughs) it would have ended poorly. Not only would it have ended poorly, but they wouldn't have, they would not have been able to even make a great escape because, you know, they don't have horses. Bran is riding on Hodor. Like they wouldn't even be able to run away together. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) they would have been so vulnerable. Yeah. So, all right, let's start off with Bran's chapter here. Um, they are arriving at the tower and this place it's described as it was the very first village they had seen since leaving the foothills. And because I don't remember a lot of this, I thought for a moment when they say village, it means inhabited, but that is right. Well, I mean, I mean, that's what I, I mean, that's what I thought. I thought they were rolling into a town, but I feel like you don't get to call it a village if it's completely abandoned. I just heard a bunch of sirens. I think there might really be a fire. <laughs> <laughs> I like ten steps oh so my quick. God. I, was like, I was like, oh shit, there might be really something be on fire. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> um anyway, but yeah, I really thought they were walking into a place that was populated and that they were going to either have to deal with villagers and try to hide who they their real identity or you know, yeah, I wasn't sure what they were walking into, but it turned out to be a completely uh, like a town in ruin that has been abandoned for quite some time. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I found it very surprising that like it is. I, yeah, I just don't think it should be able to be called a village. But I don't know what else you would call it. You would say abandoned village. You would say. I feel like if you weren't trying to purposefully mislead me, then yeah, you would say. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm taking this kind of personally, and I don't really feel like that makes any sense. But I, I am. So that's that. Um, and Bran is he lets his dire wolf run off and thinks for a moment, just like I really, really want to go with him, but Mira is telling him to come along and help them out figure out what to do because they are in a space that's very open with no tree cover. And Mira is like, I don't like this. We are completely exposed out here and it's making me really uncomfortable. I love this little bit of history that we get from Bran as he's explaining to them. I think it's Jojen. It might've been Mira, but I think it's Jojen who asked like, who does this land belong to? Like who, who's in charge here? Who's Mm -hmm. like area are we in? Right. And Bran tells the story of, this area that's called the gift, which for some reason, I just, I don't know something about that. I really like, I don't know, but this area is called the gift. And I think, I think I like it because it implies a recognition of the people who live there Mm. of like how sort of lucky they were to get this. And if you call where you live a gift all the time, I feel like that has to have some impact on how you treat your your area, right? I don't know if that's entirely true. 
I mean, it, it, I think you're right, but it also is like, well, what kind of effect does it make you resentful forever of the fact that you're yeah. <laughs> you're like, we're given this and you owe them or whatever? That's right. That definitely could be. I didn't even think of that, but I was going for a much more like genteel kind of Pollyanna, like, oh, it's so nice. It's where we live as a gift and we must take care of it. And you're just like, we're salty because they won't That's ever right. let us forget they gave us something one time. I probably, that says ago. a lot about who I am as a person. I don't really know my bad um but it also there are three gifts right there's like the gift and there's a new gift and then there's brandon's gift so i guess maybe to your point it got a little tiresome of people (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah um but yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, I guess a story or a history of a queen who visited this area on her dragon and um, she was so impressed by the Night's Watch that she basically had her father or her husband, I'm not sure which the deal is, uh, but it just says she had the old king like double the size of the land that they had been given in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, she shows up again in the story because when they finally cross the lake, when they realize there's that little uh, causeway and we find out that because she, this queen had visited and spent the night, that like the village was so proud of that she had been there that they painted the causeway gold in her honor. Mm-hmm. So, so these were all, these both were like really neat little stories of history that I really enjoyed. The thing that I always think, and again, this really just points to, <laughs> who I am as a person, but I always think about like the stories of traveling royalty in, you know, sort of Elizabethan and Tudor era where they would just show up at a fucking randoms farm and be like, this is the queen and her retinue. You will feed them. You will house them. They will completely deplete all of your resources and you will be grateful and thankful that they deign <laughs> to appear in your hovel. Wow. You know? <laughs> and that was how it was. People dreaded visits from royalty because they would fucking clean you out and then just take off. And oh there was no God. recompense for it. So... That sounds I fucking awful. That's not how this went. But it definitely <laughs> yeah, like, made me think a different of it. way. You I know? think the only reason it didn't go this way is because she had a dragon and she didn't need anything from them. She could just get on her dragon and fly wherever the fuck she needed if she was hungry. Yeah. So maybe it would have gone a different way if she had been in like carriages and horses and shit. Uh, the visit wouldn't have been as, as pleasant or as easy <laughs> on the village as it turned out to be. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But I, yeah, evidently they were varied or, or alternatively, they were like, well, we've got to really make hay about the fact that there was royalty here so we can recoup some of our losses. <laughs> and that would be something that an inn would do. This is the bed Thomas this. Jefferson slept right? in on his way to signing the Declaration of Independence kind of thing, you know? <laughs> And then we painted all the stones gold. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We melted down what remained of our few resources, turned it into paint, and then poured it on our Merlins. As you can see, that did not stay on. (laughs) That was slightly misjudged. Our bad. (laughs) Anyway, like Um, I said, I feel like I have a very cynical viewpoint on some of these things. (laughs) 
All I can think about now, I'm actually distracted by it. I'm thinking about when King Robert first goes to Winterfell mm-hmm. and that, that trip. And now I'm thinking about like all the villages they must have run through and just fucking wiped out on their way to Winterfell. I hadn't yep. really thought about it before. <laughs> Indeed. Because <laughs> his whole fucking, that when he came with a lot of motherfuckers, it wasn't no small group of people. <laughs> no, that was like the entire court. Jesus Christ. People who didn't fucking want to come even. Who were just like, mm, I guess I oh have my to. God. I have not thought about that. And then when they travel home, we don't get much of the story except when they go to the inn and then when um, uh, they attack with Joffrey and the direwolves, we don't get like a play-by-play of the trip. So I hadn't really thought about any of that. But yeah, oh my God, you're right. (laughs) People must have been like, oh, have you fucking heard who's on the way? God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, indeed. It's just such a uh, a perfect like microcosm too of the way that our society works is just like, well, the little people will support us. Well, what mm-hmm. happens to them? We leave. Who knows? <laughs> Once done. we leave, they don't even exist anymore. <laughs> exactly. We don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So Mira is like, because they're talking about how there's a storm coming and they need to shelter somewhere and Bran is like, well, we could just go to the tower. And Mira's like, how, sir? Are we going to swim? We don't have a boat. <laughs> and Bran's like, nah, we can just use the causeway that I know is there because of old Nan's stories. Yeah, how old about Nan that? is just a rich resource. Turns out, right? She's been super helpful. Uh, the information that she shared with Bran has just keeps coming up. Even um, I feel like when John's chapter, he also says that it's a story from Old Nan, but then he says it was confirmed by um, the Maester, right? So it gives mm-hmm. it like a little, a little extra, like you know, credibility. But with Bran, he's just like, no, Old Nan told me. He doesn't even mention anything. Else. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she's already an authority. I don't. She doesn't need anybody to co-sign. <laughs> Honestly, that is so, like, I I completely side with that. Yeah. Old man says. <laughs> that's it. That's my source. Done. Peer reviewed by everybody who ever knew old man. So she has a, says there's a causeway hidden under the water. And they managed to find it. It's done in such a way that it looks like it goes straight out from the land to the doorway. This shit, low key, is a booby trap. It's the best. <laughs> this is so genius to me. So I'm going to read this. Path, steps, and door were in a straight line, which made you think the causeway ran straight. But that wasn't so. Under the lake, it zigged and zagged, going a third of a way around the island before jagging back. The turns were treacherous, and the long path meant that anyone approaching would be exposed to arrow fire from the tower for a long time. The hidden stones were slimy and slippery, too. Twice, Hodor almost lost his footing and shouted, Hodor! in alarm before (laughs) regaining his balance. The second time scared Bran badly. 
If Hodor fell into the lake with him in his basket, he could well drown, especially if the huge stable boy panicked and forgot that Bran was there the way he did sometimes. So, yeah. There's it's so much about this that I just hate. <laughs> it's I love like, the causeway, but otherwise. It's genius. <laughs> it really is. This sort of, you're going to be a open target mm-hmm. for the majority of your journey from the shore to the tower. Um, so anyone in the tower, if they don't want company, they don't get company. Um. And I want that for myself. Quite I quickly. knew that was going to be. <laughs> I knew it. You're just going to be like, God, that sounds great. <laughs> yes, please. Sign me up. <laughs> and then add on top of how, you know, treacherous this little trip is, you know, um, and then doubly so because these are children and, you know, uh, a giant of a young man carrying a smaller man in a basket on his shoulder. So it's especially mm-hmm. dangerous. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's really it's a really neat little defensive thing they've got going on there. The fact that like he has no control and it's Hodor, it's completely dependent on him that he not drown makes me so uncomfortable. I just mm. don't like when my, especially when my life is at stake. I don't want to be giving in a up control. Yeah, you know. This is an absolute lack of control over your own person. Mm-hmm. Can you hear all that jingling? I sure can. Is that a kitty cat? That, that is a cat playing with one of her little toys. And oh, my God. She, she's running around the house with the thing in her mouth. She just ran out of the room with the toy in her mouth. It's jangling like that. Good for her. So maybe she'll stay out there. We'll see if she comes back. But I apologize for all the jangle jangle. <laughs> Don't apologize for that adorable, sweet baby. Um, anyway, so they managed to get to the Holdfast itself. And they can't find a way in. Even though it's been years and everything is covered with rust, they're slamming against the fucking... And it's mm-hmm. not changing anything. Which, yeah. frankly, is such a recommendation. Wow. All this time passed and your shit still completely secure. That is quality craftsmanship. Well it really done. is. You know, even Hodor can't like get it. Uh and I fucking you know what else they keep throwing out? This murder hole. Yeah. <laughs> Just the words murder hole. Yeah, well that's that's a start. Mm-hmm. And also that it's common enough that other people use the same expression. I mean, oh. I think that's the name. I don't even think that's it, like... It shouldn't be. <laughs> Why call, is it a thing? They're calling a spade a spade. They're saying it. Yes, this is the whole yeah. news for murder. <laughs> Ram- you have something to say about that. I just have one question, you know, but why? <laughs> I'm going to look this up. Here it is. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> Okay. Murder hole Wikipedia. For the feudal execution site, see Drowning Pit. Lord! <laughs> I don't know why that got me so Lord. bad. A murder hole is a hole in the ceiling of a gateway or passageway in a fortification through which defenders could fire, throw, or pour harmful substances or objects such as rocks, arrows, scalding water, hot sand, quicklime, tar, or boiling oil down on attackers. Boiling oil was rarely used because of its cost. Similar holes, called 
machicolations were often located in the curtain walls of castles, fortified manor houses, and city walls. The parapet mm. would project over corbels so that holes would be located over the exterior face of the wall, allowing defenders to target attackers at the base of the wall. So this was actually a very common defensive strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody just agreed to, like, just call a thing a thing. Don't try to dress it up. Just like, Which is also funny to me because so often, you know, in history the expressions that are used and the thing, the ways things are named are so like kind of convoluted or antiquated or just like feel like really clunky or just like, you know, outdated. Mm-hmm. But this is like, they weren't trying to be fancy at all. This is a hole where we murder. It's a murder hole. Yeah. That will suffice. We don't need to dress it up. <laughs> it's really and interesting. We want to be fancy. And especially considering that it's like inside the house, it's basically Ooh. like, the vibe I get for calling it murder hole is when it's stuff that's like the exterior for defense. We'll give that fancy names because we're keeping up a front. But if they breach mm. the door and we have to <laughs> pour hot oil on them, shit has gotten very serious. <laughs> we don't have time for There's all no of these <laughs> fanciful gilded names. It is murdering time. It is time for the murder hole. <laughs> And that's just the vibe I get. I don't have anything to support that, really. I feel like you are probably so much closer to the truth than either of us even realize. (laughs) (laughs) Brian is walking through and looks up at this grate and is just like, I am so glad there's nobody to pour boiling oil down on us. (laughs) So he is, like, intimately familiar with what this is and what it's for in a way that I, as a reader, found a little shocking. Um, I assume he had these all over... Well, with yeah, the context right? that you just gave, then yeah, like without that, I would have. I don't think I would have even thought that like they had these at home or at Winterfell or anywhere else. But yeah, this seems to be very common. Um, now I'm looking at my murder hole less apartment, and I feel like you know maybe I'm missing I don't know something. Where that was going for a second? <laughs> I thought you were making some sort of like euphemism. I got a murder hole for you right here. <laughs> I knew one of us was going to make that joke. I just didn't know which of us it was going to be. I'm glad there's nobody here to pour boiling oil. Can you imagine entering somebody's home and just being like, wow, I'm really relieved <laughs> that this apparatus that is set up to absolutely decimate invading forces isn't set up to decimate me. Uh, hmm. What a relief. Um. This and this too, this bit about the, the murder hole, they end up there, right? There's nowhere else to end up when they Correct. get to the end of the causeway. So I also love that like the murder hole makes it so that you absolutely have to end up in this spot before you can get any further anywhere. Um, because otherwise, what good is your murder hole gonna do if people can just opt out of it? Yeah, I mean, it has to be in a spot where there's no other option. And everybody has been funneled, Mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. It's a good policy. Yeah. Uh, I love, too, that that ends up being the way they get in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And Hoder has to, like, pile all these rocks because he can boost everybody else up there. But once it's his turn, they're just kind of like... Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do we get him up here? I was kind of like, guys, 
Come on. You didn't think this far ahead? That was my first thought was like, well, what about Hodor then? But they figured it yeah, out. Yeah, it appears to not have occurred to them immediately, but uh, Bran is, I think, the one who comes up with the idea too about yeah. going to get rocks and, and standing on those. Uh, and then Hodor seems especially relieved when he gets up there too, because I think for a, for a split moment, he was all like, well, fuck. <laughs> yep. The fuck am I supposed to do? I have to <laughs> like, it been a real moment for him of being like, well, shit. <laughs> but, uh, so he's I guess I'll just relieved. chill here. Thanks, guys. Right? <laughs> um, and then they go up into this tower and they, they go up like several stories, maybe four, I think, before they come out on top of it. Mm-hmm. And they end up being up so much higher than I think they even realized they were going to be. And, uh, Mira has this really, nice moment where she's just looking at everything and she says I feel almost a giant standing high above the world and that's like great on its own but then also when you remember kind of like how small they are compared mm-hmm. to everybody else mm-hmm. that it, it kind of made it even more like sweet you know because you, when you remember how short her and Jojen are <laughs> yeah and like Jojen says something about how we've got a lot of trees in our neck of the woods literally mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. are taller than this why are you so impressed and she's like because the trees are all the as tall as each other you don't see the sky mm-hmm. and that was something that i really experienced moving here to texas that in connecticut there was just everything was crowded up around you and nothing was flat either there was so much hill that every direction things were blocked out by, you know, a, the crest of a hill yeah. and covered in mm-hmm. trees. Yeah, and yeah. then I moved out here and you could see like a mile in every direction in certain places if it was a clear day. And it's just a completely different feeling. It's really weird. It can almost be like, it, it it's just disorienting, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, totally understood her on that one. Yeah, the first time you're someplace like that, like a Texas, uh, where you're that flat. I think the only places I've ever been are along the, like, from, like, going across 10 and going, like, like through Texas that way. But I've never mm-hmm. been, like, north to, like, Oklahoma or any of, like, the prairie states. Uh, so Texas is probably the closest I get to that sort of, this is the flattest shit I have ever seen. Like, <laughs> and it is, it is really is something the first time you really experience that it is, it's, and it's weird too, because you, you don't really see any, like you don't have scenery the way I am used to thinking of scenery, which is like, you know, lots of hills and trees and all, look at all this beautiful stuff, but there's just nothing like an emptiness to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I personally found deeply unsettling and yeah. did not care for. But that's just my own personal sort of bias. Yeah. I've noticed like I have the same reaction as Mira <laughs> does, but it's weird because like Mira's actually experienced being in danger in a way that I haven't, but I don't like being in wide open areas and feeling exposed either. Mm-hmm. I want a place where I feel like there's cover and I don't have a reason to feel that way. I haven't experienced I anything like needing to hide for safety, you know? I feel like living in this country though, we have all sort of just understood that and it's being drilled into our brains that we might need to duck and cover at any moment. So I don't think it's that peculiar that you have that sort of 
we like wondering like why do I feel like I need some place to hide like I've never been in a war or anything but then you stop and remember where you live and what the state of the world is and then you should be like oh that's why that's Man. right that's right yeah uh, why did you have to make so much sense <laughs> really really rude damn um so okay they go up into this uh like sort of secluded area of course it's about to storm it's chilly and they're like oh really would have liked to have a fire bran almost suggests it and mira even seems to be like well it would probably be fine jojen is the one who's like okay one we're at the top of a fucking tower Mm -hmm. it would be bad enough to light a fire down on the ground up here it's just screaming and waving our arms saying attack me please <laughs> secondly mira tries to be like there's nobody around he's like we literally just saw a guy we can see him we saw him like yes. his fire because it's very easy yeah. to see when people light fires i don't know if you noticed right, right. how we just watched <laughs> that all happen but it's weird that you're acting like he's not there and <laughs> honestly as much as i can be very irritated with jojen i was firmly team jojen in this conversation Felt like yeah. everybody just wanted to conveniently pretend a thing was not happening. And the thing that's so funny about that, well, not funny, but the thing about that moment with Jojen having to, like, remind them how ridiculous and unsafe a fire would be in this moment, and also that we just saw a man, is before that moment, John, not John, sorry, Bran is wondering about like going to the wall in their trip and is just like, yeah, we should probably go right to Castle Black. And Jojen is like, yeah, no, we can't do that, though. <laughs> yep. And has to, like, break down to them, to him, why we can't. Like, yeah, there's going to be a ton of guys there. And all it takes is one who knows who you are. And that's it. You know? Cat's out yeah. of the bag. And Bran is like, no, but they're men of the Night's Watch. They take a vow. They take an oath. They would never. Meanwhile, I'm reading the book, and I know what these men do. I just saw them fuck crash this whole shit up. What yep. are you talking about? Indeed. Indeed they did. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a real, like, reminder of not just that Bran is, like, still literally a child, but that he doesn't, um, doesn't think about these things yet. Yeah. Know? Um, and someone has to tell him that, like, going to Castle Black is not a great idea. I know that your uncle might be there and that he's, like, a big deal as, as a ranger and that John might be there, too, which, spoiler alert, neither of them are there. Indeed, they but are the, not. But just have to be, like, you can't do that. And they are literally arguing about this because Bran won't quit. And they get interrupted by Jojen seeing this guy down in the village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like in the middle of him trying to express how careful they have to be, he gets interrupted by a stranger, which just is proving how careful they have to be. And their response to the stranger is, oh, we should light a fire. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Sometimes I am like, like again, like you just said, he, Jojen can kind of get on your nerves a little bit, but I like, they're lucky he didn't just get his bag and go home. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it, yes. it just feel like, fuck all of y'all. I'm going home. Y'all not serious about this quest. I'm going home. I thought we were on the same page. And evidently, <laughs> y'all are just going to stand there. And 
pretend, <laughs> well, it's not happening because I'm cold. So, you know. And honestly, also, as somebody who values her comfort, I totally I understand just, wanting to just I, pretend. I but. was just about to, to say the same thing. Full disclosure, in this scenario, I am Bran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I like I understand, but it's life and death, literally here. <laughs> it is so serious. And I I do kind of wonder too, considering the fact that like Bran watched people get slaughtered that he loves mm-hmm. in front of him and mm-hmm. he walked out into Winterfell and found people like just murdered already mm-hmm. when they came mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. I really want this to sink in for him a little bit more than it seems to have considering everything that he has already been through right and also he not only did he watch these people get slaughtered but he watched them be led by someone that was family to him mm-hmm. you know so the fact that he still is able to have this sort of blank sort of trust yeah. in the idea of the Night's Watch and how honorable they are supposed to be uh, is is pretty remarkable. You know, um, I would have thought that at this point he would be well past trusting what anyone is, air quote, supposed to do or right. supposed to be after the kind of betrayal that he has just lived through. But here he is. Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's really it for me. It's like, man, I would have thought you'd have like figured it out by now. But, oh, well, I guess that's what being a kid is like. You uh, bounce yeah. back and you think that was just that one time, though. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and like, you're, I wonder, like, the reality is so awful that who doesn't want to retreat back into some sort of, like, childish denial and, and belief in like the nobility of of anything, right? Needing it to be true because what did yeah. I just fucking live through? But you know what? Also, we are at a time in the, in this story where I don't. I'm not trying to be harsh, but like those that there's no time for mm-hmm. that. <laughs> you know, it's not fair, but there's no time for that anymore. Ain't nobody got time for that. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. A little bit, basically. <laughs> I hate that I just did that because I am so tired of that saying, but true. I, listen, I wasn't going to say it, but I will not judge you for saying it. Well, I'll judge you a little bit. I was about to be like, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know we're all friends here. We don't need to be <laughs> pretending anymore. I won't judge you for saying it. Ugh, what bullshit. Okay. So they see this guy and then... Eventually, after he makes his fire and they're looking around, they realize, wait, there's more dudes coming. Who are all of these people? They're armed. They're, and I only saw them when lightning flashed. Yeah, yeah. He can't get a good look. At one point, even Brandon's like, well, what are they wearing? Are they wearing dark cloaks? And Jojen has to be like... Everybody's cloak is dark. It's nighttime. (laughs) (laughs) Children is just out here. Out of patience. (laughs) Fucking done with it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Their cloaks are very dark. It's almost as if it's dark out. And and things are dark. Uh Um, And they're asking about whether they have horses and 
do they seem to be with the dude or not? And he's like, they seem to be coming up stealthy. And this is when Hodor starts to get very, very agitated. Yeah, between uh, the thunder and the lightning, but also, I mean, I guess the thunder and lightning probably is enough to get him this agitated, but I don't know. I feel like maybe there was even more, but I'm not sure, like, what, you know? I don't know if Hodor is, like, reacting to the danger Mm -hmm. in a, a, like, a, dare I say, like, supernatural kind of way, like, or is it just the noise from the storm itself and then maybe picking up on the fact that the rest of his group is starting to freak the fuck out themselves yeah. and he's just like overcome with just like all of that that tension and, and fear that's in the room yeah that's a good question because so much of the time it feels like is this foreshadowing or mm-hmm. is it just exactly what it looks like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <You can tell. laughs> Yeah, I really could tell. <laughs> um, so he begins to really lose it and start to shout extremely loudly. And everybody is like, oh, my God, Hodor, you have got to chill. And he is not hearing it, is not interested in chilling. And Bran is sort of reaching out to him, trying to grab him to get his attention and get him to focus on Bran so that he can say, you have to stop and Hodor mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. really hear him. And instead it's reaching, reaching, reaching. Yeah. And all of a sudden Hodor staggers and closes his mouth, shakes his head slowly and then sits down cross-legged. And they're all and like, then- Oh, <laughs> what was that? Bruh. Yeah. There's like a, a clap of thunder and he doesn't even react to it. And yep. that's when everybody is really like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and they seem to immediately like understand that Bran had something to do with it. Yeah. But he won't admit that he did it. He just says, I don't know. Yeah. He First says, he's all like nothing. I didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know, but he did. I've reached for him the way I reach for Summer. He had been Hodor for half a heartbeat. It scared him. I really appreciate that it scares him. Because that is a wild fucking thing to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, just getting used to the warging and trying to accept that it's real and understand that that's a power that you have that is, you know, uh, to put it lightly, like, unusual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And kind of incorporate that into your understanding of who and what you are. And then finding out basically by accident that you can jump into a human. Yeah. You know, and be, you know, be in someone else for a second and be someone else for a second. That is, that's like a whole other thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that. That, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't even ever come up as something that people could do, right? Like, every time him and Jojen talk about any of this stuff, I don't think anything like this has ever come up. Yeah, I don't think so either. You yeah, know, so he's been mentioned. I, I, he's got to be feeling like, you know, not only am I already, you know, a weirdo, but I'm like the weirdest of all the weirdos. I'm king <laughs> of the weirdos now because I can do this extra thing that no one else can do. Like, 
<laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. I'm king of the weirdos now. What a proud heritage. Y'all know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I'm just mocking you. What? Um, and he is thinking to himself, maybe they're just, uh, you know, umbers. Guys who are totally on our side. I'm not trying to be self-serving by saying maybe these mm-hmm. people are exactly the people I want them to be. But like, just for instance, what if they are though? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great though? Like, you know, I'm not saying it's definitely what's happening, but it'd be really cool if that were what's happening. It would be so cool. <laughs> um, and they're thinking maybe they're Night's Watch and, you know, all of these things. And then they begin par- like getting paranoid about what if they come up here and it takes mm-hmm. a surprisingly long time to me for them to remember that there's a causeway protecting them yeah, finally yeah, he mentions and- it and mira is just like oh right and i was like that would be the first and foremost thing on my mind that there is a causeway i don't know is that just me yeah I, i'm gonna be honest i don't know if i would remember that in this moment either like uh, as a, as a reader, I was thinking about the causeway earlier than than Brand mentions it. But like, if I'm trying to imagine being in their place, I'd like to think that I would think of it right away. But I don't know. Um, once they start panicking, once they are clearly afraid that, that there's so many of these men that they can see barely see in the darkness, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I might I might lose my head a little bit. Um, all right, I think yeah, I'm, I'm, it. yeah, I might have been like Mira in this in this instance because you know generally she it's not like she's slow or anything, you know, uh, and she just gets like caught up in this, and it's so clear that it just completely slipped her brain, yeah, <laughs> about the causeway, and she's so relieved, and I think even a little like I can't believe I didn't think of that myself. Kind of energy, yeah, right? yeah, true. <laughs> um, so they finally are just like, we just have to ride the night out. And Bran sits back and lets himself slip into Summer's skin. Found himself out in the rain, his belly full of deer, cringing in the brush as the sky broke and boomed above him. And Summer is watching these people lead a man out with a sack over his head and is avoiding them, but is watching. So Bran is getting some sense of like what's happening there. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of his chapter. Yeah. It ends right in the middle, which I thought was really weird because you know, they don't usually just end like that. Yeah. And then we open up to John and I, uh, <clears throat> I it wasn't until we opened to the John chapter that I was like, okay, they are where I remember. This is the thing that's about to happen. Yeah. Um, but it takes a minute because when we open up with John, it is uh not earlier in the day, but but kind of like we open up kind of behind it doesn't pick up where Branch chapter ends, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't not pick up in that exact the village moment. yet. Yeah. Um, and so the, a lot of do this that, though, Oh, oh, that's right. We have to take <laughs> a little bit of a break. And if you uh, feel yourself lamenting these breaks, become a patron 
and there will be no break. <laughs> we'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. All right. So now we're back. We are with John. And before we actually get to this village... He is just discussing the first tower that they see with, because this isn't the tower they reach. This is a place that they're seeing in the daytime. And when he introduces Egret to the Queen's Tower, she doesn't see it until there's lightning flashes. And that's when she mm-hmm. spots that there's like gold paint. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, let me check Austin's notes and see if he mentions where they are first. Um we get a discussion about the height of the wall, can- canonically about 600 feet, and the high tower at Old Town is taller, around 800 feet. For some comparison, the Washington Monument is 555 feet. The wall is nearly twice as tall as any real-world building that existed during the Middle Ages. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. I always like those kinds of details. Mm-hmm. I but, love when John's yeah. trying to talk to Egret about Old Town. She is just, she's listening, but she's not buying none of this. <laughs> no. She thinks that he's just exaggerating for like, to try and impress her, I suppose, is what she thinks his motivation is, or just trying to like, not entirely just, sure. She's like, you Southerners are always making shit up about how high the shit you build is. Nobody believes any of that nonsense. <laughs> There is something about that that is really like, I don't know. That is funny to me. Um, And she's asking like whether or not a king built this and is assuming that anything that's like a large building is by default something of great importance here mm-hmm. because there is nothing mm-hmm. like this where she is from. Yeah, and yeah. it's just really interesting to see the difference in the reaction because one of the dudes even is starting to talk about how like he he got some girl knocked up and that his son's going to be born in a castle like a yeah, yeah. like a lord, <laughs> and John is like a castle. Okay, the, sure. The thing she says about the the little uh, tower that she's asking John about about who built it. One of the things she specifically says about it, you know, because it's all stone like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the indication for her that someone of great importance and probably wealth and power must be behind it. Because it's all put together with stone. Like, not everybody gets to do that. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite things, too, is that she's like, how did they even build this high if they don't have giants? And John's like, well, actually, for this one, they did have giants. But (laughs) that's neither here nor there. (laughs) There's just something about that that I found really funny. I love, Um, too, that after she's looking at this place and it's all abandoned, she is like, why the fuck would they leave? Only fools would leave such a beautiful castle like this. Like, 
like who would leave this mm -hmm. <laughs> meanwhile john is like this place is all empty and broken and ancient and moss is crawling everywhere <laughs> and when she when she's like well why would they he's like um because people like you came in and just kind of ruined it got real bit. Bit. <laughs> yeah that did not go well for him yeah, this is me talking to Steve about white people. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, conversation gets real deep. <laughs> God forbid. And yeah, she does not react well to that at all. She's very much like, you're in on all this with us. When mm -hmm. you say people like you, you mean people like us now, don't right. you? I love this bit when uh, he first is talking about, you know, raiders coming in and her first reaction is like, well, if they left, they were cowards. If they wanted this place, they could have fucking stayed and fought. And John comes back like, well, maybe they were tired of having to fight all the time and starts talking about how people keep coming to try to steal their harvest and steal their jewels and steal their wives. And she takes real offense to that part in particular. Yeah. And she's like, first of all, we don't take wives. It's the daughters, which I think is a really hysterical fucking like distinction that she's making here. <laughs> and then she's like, and by the way, you all are the ones who fucking steal. You took yeah. the whole world and built the wall to keep the free folk out. And this is when I was really had that moment of like, oh, this is me talking to Steve. <laughs> um, and then she says to him that, you know, basically, all of this was supposed to be for all people to share. And it's only the kings who slide into town with their crowns and their swords and start deciding that these are my trees and this is my land and this is my water. And you can't eat off my, you know, my trees. You can't fish in my streams unless you want to bend the knee and like admit that I'm your king over you. Mm -hmm. And he still tries to argue back with her, but I feel like his argument is hella weak. Very much so. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a real sense of him knowing it is too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, he doesn't want to admit it. And he's just fundamentally just always going to be loyal to the place that he comes from. Yeah. But I, I think he gets when, that he's wrong about this one. I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I feel like he understands his position as weak. I don't know if I think he believes that he's wrong now. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, okay. Because there's, there's a bit I, when, you mean, though. when he comes back and he, what he's trying to do is be like, because he, he's, he's responding to Egret like, you're making it seem like the raids only come in for like things that don't hurt anybody. Like you just come in to get a little bit of food, but that's not what they do. They come in and they steal everything and then they take women and run away. And what she ends up saying back in defense is that, okay, so what if they do? But I personally would rather be stolen by a strong man than be given to some weakling's father, which is a real turnaround because he is talking about like this sort of violence of stealing women. And yeah. she's like, like pull up the picture. Like, but is this you though? <laughs> Don't y'all just send your daughters willy nilly to marry for like whatever fucking reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, how is that fucking different? And 
he by and at this point in the argument, he is really like I feel like getting desperate. This is when he like holds her arm too tight. And it's, yeah. it's like, well, what what would you think if the man stole you, like to beat you, or he see he didn't smell good? And she's like, first of all, if he'd smelt, I'd dump some fucking water on him. <laughs> and if he tried to beat me, I'd slice his fucking throat with a knife. What's your next question? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what this comes so down much to is this. just, oh, uh, not all, no society is perfect, and yours is not just better than ours inherently, mm-hmm. which is what you definitely mm-hmm. seem to think, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then he, like, when he's holding her arms, like, a little bit too tight, she ends up just fucking slipping out of that shit anyway. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'd cut his throat while he slept. And I was like, yeah, girl. (laughs) Man. (laughs) That, (laughs) just thinking about all of the stories of uh, women who were in abusive relationships and their husbands mysteriously just left town. Mm -hmm. That motherfucker's in jars. They in jars. <laughs> <laughs> They're in backyards. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this is kind of the moment where things begin to be tense in a way that they haven't been because it feels like he's growing more tired of keeping up this charade than he was. Yeah, and the fact that he down. sort of breaks in this chapter isn't surprising when you see where he's coming from after some time here. Yeah. Yeah. This, this sort of conflict of who he is and pretending to be one of the wildlings and, and the, the sort of last words of the half hand keep ringing in his ear throughout like bits of the chapter, right? Mm-hmm. You have to fight with them. You have to ride with them. You got to eat like them uh, for as long as it takes. And, it feels very much like John knows. Cause one of the things he says is they've been through all this stuff together, but the one thing they haven't had to do yet is fight. Yeah. You know, and he hasn't, and he's thinking to himself, what if I fucking like, we run across a brother of the night's watch and they like make me try to kill him. Like mm-hmm. what would I, what, what happens then if that moment shows up and it's the, yeah, it seems really clear that he is starting to just, I don't know, fray around the edges uh, yeah, I mean, like, considering that the guy they find isn't even a brother, and he still won't do it. Yeah, yeah. It would now, not have gone well for him. That? I, I, this is, now, I don't, when he leaves the wildlings in the show and makes a break for it, I don't remember, and you can, I maybe check the notes, if this is how it goes in the show, if it's, if it is at the moment after the mill with the with the man that needs to be killed, does that all p- play out in the show that way? Don't remember, and it's not mentioned. Okay. Um, hmm. Why? Yeah, I What's can't. I, I, no, I was no, I was just curious because I couldn't remember how he got out of this sort of undercover situation that he was in. Mm. Um, I couldn't remember how it happened, and also it got me thinking about later in the show. I know. Um, oh, you know what? I just remember how that happened. I know later in the season, there's a bit where Egret ends up at Castle Black, right? Yes. Um, and I was trying to piece together when he leaves in this chapter, I was trying to piece in my brain, like, well, if he's leaving now, how the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> like, how did, how, what? How did that happen? But, but I remember now, so it's not important. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. This, uh, this dude, and I kept waiting for this guy to like be somebody and 
It doesn't seem like he is. This is just a random guy. Yeah. This is just a random guy trying to get in from the rain, minding his business. Mm-hmm. And this is what And John tries to say, because, like, when he's presented with this man, he says that I'm just supposed to kill a dude who's minding his own business in cold blood. And he grit is like, you killed the fucking people sitting with me in cold she blood. Sure and she he sure says, does. it's not the same thing. You were soldiers. And she's like, you killed them because you didn't want anyone knowing you were there. And that is why we are killing this man. Because we don't want mm-hmm. anyone to know we are here. It is not mm-hmm. different. Yep. Yep. And he yeah. still can't reconcile that at all. Yeah. Now that is a real tough call. You know, when you when you when I'm reading and my first instinct is to be like, Well, I'm really glad that he didn't just, you know, kill this innocent man who doesn't even have a name, doesn't even get a name. Like my first reaction was Oh, okay, good. Because I want John to be, quote, unquote, a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then here comes regret reminding me of my hypocrisy because I watched John roll up on them. Yep. And that didn't make him a, quote, unquote, bad guy to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was called out. I was called out right along with John Snow. <laughs> yeah, his whole mentality is basically you guys were participating in this and had agreed to take on the risk by being soldiers and really materially that doesn't matter here i understand what he means but when it comes down to the motive behind it even if they were just normal wildlings who were not actually like scouts of any kind they would have been killed anyway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't buy that it would have they would have differentiated at all for that thing that like you know motivation um, before that happens, though, before before they get the guy, there is the bit where he tells her about the causeway. Right, he's trying he's trying to get her to look up at the tower when the lightning flashes, and then they are not just John and and Egret, but I guess other other people in the group can hear noise, and they think it's ghosts because they can hear the shouting, which we mm-hmm. know you know, is Hodor that they can hear through the, through the sound of the storm, which I just thought was really wild because I know in the previous chapter, how important it was to get Hodor to be quiet, but like Loki, I really didn't think anybody was going to be able to hear him. And then it turns out I was just way wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He has a big voice and they're in a giant mm -hmm. stone tube. Essentially. That shit shit is carrying. Mm -hmm. And he tells uh, Egret the same story about um, about the queen and how it, this place got its name and all that jazz. And uh, I, again, it was like the same story, but just a little bit differently the way he tells it. Um, and then, yeah, they get interrupted because they the guy in charge, that Magnar guy, calls John as he's in the middle of telling this really neat story because Egret is asking about dragons and shit, you know. It's like, it's a nice conversation. They're having like a nice moment after the real intense conversation argument they had earlier, mm-hmm. they are like kind of coming back together. Like they, there was jokes about her being in the water and whether or not she could swim. And then she's asking about dragons and she can't, you know, she can't even believe that they really existed. And, you know, it's kind of like sweet. And then yeah. they get interrupted uh, 
so they never really get to go back to how it was before. Like they like that last argument they had ends up being like the last real thing between the two of them for now at least. Yeah. yeah. That would kind of bum me out. We also get like John learning more about all of the people and being very mm-hmm. resentful that they're mm-hmm. actual human beings because he just yep. wants to be able to pretend that they have no personalities or stakes, no families, mm-hmm. no, you know, there's nothing on the line for them. They are just supposed to be like pieces that on a board that he is supposed to take out and mm-hmm. learning their nick- nicknames and stuff. It's really funny to me, all of the different nicknames they have too. Um, Oh yeah, some of the names are great. There's a guy named Thumbfinger, and I just am I can't even imagine. That what? feels really <laughs> just kind of redundant. Is you know? it thumb No, wait, no, it's not Thumbfinger, it's Toe Finger. There it is. His that's name worse. is Toe Finger. Wow, that's so much worse. <laughs> See? Now you get it. Now you Oof. get it. <laughs> nope. Don't like that. Is, are his toes like fingers or are his fingers like toes? What do you think? Yeah. Does he have like that kind of monkey thing going on where, you know, monkeys oh, no. have feet that are almost hands? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because his story, the story about Toe Finger is the only reason his name is mentioned, I think, is because something chased him up a tree. And so then you make that little monkey reference, and now that's all I can see. Mm. So thank you for that. <laughs> I like it. Um, and there's some stuff here, too, from Austin's notes about the stories. So first, I had missed this with Bran, but the queen, Alisan, who visited, her dragon was named Silverwing. And Austin says, notably, Silverwing was described as being disturbed and nervous about the wall and refused to fly over it no matter how hard Alisane tried. Seems unlikely mm. Danny will fly her dragons over the wall for one to be needlessly killed, like in the show. Right there, which I do appreciate. Um, also... King Jaehaerys and Alicent brought their dragons to the north when they were making a visit to Winterfell to discuss business with the Starks. This is, I think, the only confirmed time dragons visited the north, and there is a fan theory or in-universe myth that the dragons laid eggs in the hot springs at Winterfell. Which, I don't think that will ever come to anything, but it's interesting. Yeah. So, and then... um, John talks about how the watch has declined since the time of Jaehaerys and Alysanne. The thing, the, this is an interesting thing. The Targaryens are unwittingly responsible for some of the decline of the watch. Prior to the unification of Westeros under the Targaryens, it was common for whenever there was a war or an uprising, the various kingdoms would offer the nobility of the losing side to go into exile at the watch. With the Targaryens unifying the confidence and preventing further fighting, you weren't seeing these knights, lords, princes, and even kings being sent to the wall, and the Watch was forced to really almost entire rely almost entirely on criminals sent to them for mm. recruitment. So, interesting. Hmm. Basically, like um, we're we're they're <laughs> they're too big to fail. <laughs> We're not going to prosecute these men. They're important. <laughs> and or they just get executed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that before we get to this other moment here. And yes. Yeah. 
They've got this man, <laughs> this poor man, who, as far as I know, really just trying to get out of the rain, you know, who was just trying to be dry. Does not <laughs> like beg for his life or do anything to indicate that he is afraid. Nope. nope. Which I found I think- fascinating. I think his behavior facing death is what made me think like, well, he must be someone of importance to to the story in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like no random lowborn could ever, but wow. I think, (laughs) right. Well, these books are hella classes. (laughs) It's true. But like, I think that, if it really is just a one and done character, I love that it's just a really quick sort of like, there's not any backstory. We don't get any reason why this man behaves this way, why he doesn't beg or plead for his life or, or anything. Uh, and we'll probably never know what was really happening here, but I like the idea of just like some random guy uh that doesn't make it is killed. You know, he doesn't get mm-hmm. rescued or anything so that we get to learn his, you know, heroic backstory. He just dies without a name and that's it. But he does it in this way that is, is so unusual, you know, and unexpected, I think is a better word. Uh, that really just is just like, huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder who, I wonder who he was. <laughs> yeah. And John is thinking like, he seems to be treating this like it's an inevitability. I'm definitely going to die. And I, he has come to terms with that. And John finds it sort of interesting because he also recognizes there is an inevitability to this guy dying as well, whether he does it or not. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, what difference does it make if I do it or one of them does it? It's still happening. And I know it's happening and refusing to pull the trigger essentially myself yep. does yep. not mean he is going to be spared. And I know that. So why there's can't a, I just do the thing? There's a wonderful moment where he is thinking all of this stuff and he actually thinks to himself, you know what? I should probably do it because I have the fucking Valerian steel. This mm-hmm. just going to go through like butter. It's going to be a clean and quick kill. It'll probably be the more, the most mercy I'm in a position to show in this moment. Yeah. And then he starts remembering about Ned and how Ned dealt with like deserters that he had to kill and thinking about his father's face and his father's words. And he still can't do it. Yeah. And I'll be honest. I don't know if that was less about John not being able to kill an innocent man, or if it was, I can't do the thing that will make it seem like I'm actually one of them. This mm. is something that they would do. And I just cannot do it because mm. you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. almost like it was like a, like a, like a line he drew and just couldn't bring himself to cross it, you know? Um, Cause I don't really think it was about whether or not this man was, you know, you know what I mean? I don't, yep. yeah. I don't, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so he just straight up says no. And the Magnar is like, uh, I am command in command here, and I say you will do it. And John's like, you command the Fens. I'm not one of them. I'm free folk. And he's like, oh, are you? I don't see a free folk. I see a crow and his crow wife. 
And that really gets like, bitch, what? What did you call me? (laughs) Yeah. And she grabs the knife and goes over and slits the man's throat with, with, like, in seconds. Yep. And is like, what did you fucking call me? With this man bleeding out at her feet. (laughs) And it says the Magnar said something in the old tongue. He might have been telling the Thens to kill John where he stood, but he would never know the truth of that. Lightning crashed down from the sky, a searing blue-white bolt that touched the top of the tower in the lake. Which, excuse me? Yeah, right. (laughs) They could smell the fury of it. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) The, like, what is Brent is, like, we know they're there. So they're just chilling Mm. in the tower and we watch it get hit by lightning. Like, wow, what's going on up there? Um. And then death death leapt down amongst them. He glimpsed the hurtling shadow half a heartbeat before he heard the first shriek. And he sees a wolf, thinks it's ghost, then says, oh, he's gray. And the Fens were jabbing with their spears as the wolf darted between them. The old man's mare reared, maddened by the smell of slaughter, and lashed out with her hooves. Longclaw was still in his hand. All at once, Jon Snow knew he would never get a better chance. And essentially is like, I'm out! And grabs that horse and takes off. Yep. And somebody nails him with an arrow on his way out. (laughs) I love that later he's like, I can't tell if this is Egret's arrow or not. I, I love that it too, is. right? He's like, she often used these gray feathers in just this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and then it's like, you know what? Like, fucking, I couldn't blame her if she did, you know? Yeah. Uh, and And does he have a moment where he thinks about what is going to happen to her now that he's left. He does, right? Eventually his brain does go there, right? I'm trying and to find the spot. I here. will be so mad if he doesn't at least have a moment where he's like, fuck, I hope, excuse me, I hope she's going to be okay. You know, I just left her in a really fucked up situation. But I can't remember if he ever has that thought or not. Um I'm looking at this and I don't think so. He just thinks about whether or not the fletching matches the kind that she uses and how he managed to somehow get onto the back of this horse, even though he had a sword in one hand and there are no stirrups or anything on it. And he's just like, how the fuck did I like scramble onto this thing's back? Plus I like got injured. Mm-hmm. And because most of the time that we spend here <clears throat> is him trying to pull the arrow through to the other side and mm-hmm. realizing like, if I just leave this, I'm just going to bleed out. I need to get it out so that I can patch it up and stop the bleeding. But yeah, I don't yeah, see don't... anything about him considering her being punished yeah. for his actions here. The only thing I can see is that, he says there's a quick line that says that uh, he didn't have any answers and it was too hard to think about the wolf, the old man, Egret, or any of it. So, yeah, I guess that's it then. Maybe so, he'll think about it later. You said you were going to be so <laughs> mad at him, but are you? It seems like you're reserving judgment still. Um, 
All right, I'm still a little salty that he's not thinking about her more in this moment, but he did just pull an arrow through his leg, so I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I will allow it. I don't remember if we see anything in the show about how it's handled because we don't remember exactly how he like escapes. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can't, it would be cool if you wanted to look into that and then let me know (laughs) cause it wouldn't be a spoiler because we just read this chapter. So it would just be more like going back and comparing. I I wouldn't do it myself, but then I might inadvertently be reminded of other tidbits. You know what I mean? That's true. (laughs) <laughs> tidbits um, <laughs> bits so, of tid <laughs> that, I don't know why I said that what <laughs> that, why that, that is that is that is that is a joke from my grandma that is really <laughs> out of context and has no place on this podcast and I really apologize it just popped in my head you just yelled bits of tid <laughs> My grandmother thought it was really funny to do, like, switch words around. I told you she had a really weird sense of humor. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, things like saying things like tidbits. And she would be like, oh, you mean bits of tid? In this really, like, unnecessarily formal kind of way. <laughs> she was full of nonsense. <laughs> she was so, you guys, my grandma was so funny. She was so unexpectedly funny and silly in ways that would always surprise me. Because she was, you know, fairly like conservative church going type of you know person but she just yeah. had this really weird funny shriek and that is a her joke tits of bid <laughs> as somebody who likes my one of the things that always gets me a type of joke that i just almost never <laughs> fail to like laugh out loud at is things being only slightly mispronounced <laughs> so i feel like she's like kind of in the same pool mm-hmm. there in terms of mm-hmm. that kind of humor so i i very much appreciate that <laughs> it's really remarkable to me how bad the joke can be but if that's the base of it i still <laughs> i can't help myself do you remember that um i feel like it was i can't remember if it was like kids in the hall or but they did like a fake snl intro and they to adam sandler Andy Samberg, Salamander, Salamander, <laughs> and I—that is something that Owen and I just repeat to each other all the time because I laughed so hard. Oh, uh, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna guess it wasn't Kids in the Hall because of, uh, but it might have been, but. Who knows? That Who is knows? Really Somebody funny. out there is probably hearing this and knows. Probably <laughs> Owen's in the next room listening to me, finishing it off to himself because he knows exactly what it is. Um. Anyway, it's, it's so difficulty all the time instead of a difficulty. I'm having some difficulty. Difficulty. This is not working. I can't get it to work. <laughs> it's from something. I forget what it's from, but it's it's uh, from some bit somewhere. <laughs> like dad saying. Colgate dental soap instead of toothpaste. It's Colgate toothpaste, but he would say Colgate dental soap. And that has lived in my head ever since. (laughs) Why is that so funny? It shouldn't be. I'm so sorry to be laughing. You should. I told it as a joke. It is funny. 
But like, there's millions of people on the planet that probably call it that, right? Like, that's I don't just how think you say so. it in Spanish, or was that no. just your dad being? Your I think dad? that was just him because he would do that. He would like come up with a thing. It was, and some of them would just sort of lodge and we would just be like, I guess that's what it's called now. When he met my mom's dog, when they first met, the dog like stank really bad. And my dad said, that dog needs some shower. And growing, I never even heard him say that for like originally, but growing up, if we were dirty or smelled or sweaty, oh, I need some shower. Be- just became the thing that we would say. So, very I Love Lucy-esque sort of thing going on. Um, Oh, that's great. (laughs) So, that is how the chapter ends, is him binding up his wound and being grateful that he has this horse getting back on there and thinking about how he's heading home, but it does not feel that way. He's not pleased about the situation at all. And the last sentence is, he rode till dawn while the stars stared down like eyes. Which, mm-hmm. I really like that line. It's just an implication of guilt and judgment. I was, yeah, stars, exactly. You know? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I like that line, too. That's exactly what it felt like. Yuck, you're being judged. The whole universe just saw what you did. Mm-hmm. We all collectively agree that that ain't it, Chief. <laughs> you ain't <laughs> shit. That's what he... That's what he's riding home with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, all right. I want to say hi to new patrons real quick. Hey, hey, hey. It's that time again, kids. I really need a fucking soundboard with, like, fart sounds and no, whistles. No, you do not. I know. do, though. Somebody <laughs> send it to me. Um, it's not a morning radio show. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Wishing it was, I guess. I would love to be a shock jock. I feel like I'd be really good at that job. Hopefully not as problematic as they traditionally are, but I don't know. Oh, maybe I'd be good. But I anyway. love that. I like a real like leftist shock jock though. So like the most shocking things you say are like all about eating the rich and shit. Yes. <laughs> we have to come up with a word that rhymes with shock and I'll be that kind of jock. I got nothing. I don't care. Snyder Man! Ryan Sweet! Welcome, welcome to all of you. I appreciate you all so much. Hope that you all are enjoying the content. Sharon is uh, Miles' wife, and she signed up specifically to listen to our coverage of the Sookie Stackhouse series, which... I figured that's what was going on there. Yeah, she just started them like a a couple weeks ago and completely tore through them, as I also do, and was like, all right, I I need to be able to listen to your thoughts on this. So... (laughs) I am very excited. I hope that you guys are, uh, some of you anyway, are listening to the Sookie Stackhouse show because it has been super fun to cover. Very upbeat. Um, not that the show, not that the books don't have their like dark moments, but it's certainly a lot less heavy than a lot of things. And thus our energy tends to be a little bit higher um, when we do the recordings for that. And I think that a lot of us could sort of use that high energy these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've had I'm about a couple people who do don't even read too. them. Sorry, what was that? I said I'm about to pledge to get my Patreon back up so that I can listen to the Sookie Stackhouse books Yay! too with everybody else. Um, yeah, the 
there was a comment that somebody isn't even reading the books, but they're going to listen to the show anyway, because they found it really fun. They listened to the first episode and they were like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to read them, but I still enjoyed listening to this, even though I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) You have a recap. So like, you don't need to read it really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's really having so much quality fun. Of show. Same. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. This should be a lot of fun. You know, super random, a coworker of mine, I don't even know what brought it up, but she walked over to my desk Friday and she was like, do you remember that show True Blood? And I was like, yeah, of course. And she's like, well, I don't know if you know this, but they're based on a series of books, blah, 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 blah. And started telling me how much she loved the books. And I almost, almost, almost was like, oh my God, you should listen to the podcast. <laughs> And then you were like, God forbid. Then I was like, wait, I work with her. We're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> but I got so close. So close. Man, why she just came up to you and asked about it and was talking about it? it? Yeah, I forget. She it was, it was a point she was trying to make. I cannot remember what she was talking about, you guys. Because actually, like between just us friends, I was in the middle of working. But she came over because something was funny and she wanted to like tell me like a joke about something, but to like give me context for the joke, gotcha. it was something from the books. And because she's so used to people not having any idea about the books, first she had to be like, you know, that show True Blood. Well, they right. were like assuming that I wouldn't be aware of any of that because she don't know me like that. <laughs> said Rashawn gratefully I, I, I also right <laughs> a distinct sense of satisfaction <laughs> but yeah and Rashawn and I next week are going to be starting our fucking Ted Lasso coverage which um, she guys, is very excited about also a departure from some heavy material I cannot stress enough I said it on Dresden I am so fucking excited to go into the show with you. I am so excited for you to watch it. I cannot wait to hear what you think. I cannot wait. And I am so excited that I'm actually nervous because there's a small part of me being like, oh my God, what if she doesn't like it as much as I do? I will be devastated. (laughs) I, I, I feel really I feel really confident that you're gonna love it, but like if you don't, I am gonna be so heartbroken. So like, yeah, don't <laughs> don't let me get into your head or nothing, girl. <laughs> oh God, but this but is no. gonna be the first show that I fake it. Oh my! I haven't God. faked you, you fake? guys. I haven't faked it this would whole you, time. But would you fake it for me? Do you love me enough to fake it? For me? <laughs> or or do I love you so much that I would never fake it? I would communicate with you about my needs. Oh, I'm really excited though, and I hope people um I hope people listen with us. I hope that anybody who's watched the show and loved it joins us. I hope that people who didn't give it a try will will give it a shot based on us covering it because I really I said this before, I haven't met anybody that at least was honest and admitted that they gave the show a genuine try and didn't like love it. Like I just like all the cross like to what you just said that suggests to me there's a certain person in mind who you think didn't give it a chance. Oh, you know what? I know it sounds like that, but there really isn't. Like I haven't you know why I keep saying that is because if I tell you I don't know a single person who watched it who didn't like it, that sounds like almost not believable 
Mm, okay. So, so when I say anybody who gave it a serious try, I'm trying to like make room for people out there who said they watched it and didn't like it. Gotcha. Right? But so you're since accusing you all it, of them for being in bad faith. Mm-hmm. So, but like since you brought it up, I don't know anybody who watched it who didn't like it. Not all a right. single person. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. So yeah, we'll see. And it's on I Apple hope, TV like for those who are not aware. I have oh, never yeah, watched anything from Apple TV. Girl, they have some good shit over there. I know. It's yeah, gonna, now you're gonna this have is the it. first time that I'm starting a new subscription to a, another streaming service for a show. I haven't had to do that in quite some time. You didn't watch any Apple with your um Nope. The only only reason I started watching is because the Mac had a free trial. Yeah. I think that I had like I get confused between that and Apple Music, which they keep trying to offer me free trials of. Um, I don't know if you have mm. that experience as well, but I, I I heard nothing but terrible things about Apple Music, so I had never even like opened it up. <laughs> so I haven't tried to use it. I've heard nothing but horror stories. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, there's never there anything that I've heard about being good from Apple TV has been the kind of thing where people are playing with commissioning me to watch it or suggesting that it might be worth covering, and so I've been staying away from things. That's like. Um, 20% well, of, of my private time is me dodging stuff that's probably <coughs> very me. good because right. it's probably very good, which is a weird yeah, place I to be. That. But Well, I'm glad you prefaced that because I was about to tell you while you have the subscription, I was going to give you like three different shows you, you should just totally watch. But What were they? Give me. Sh- Shoot. Uh, I, Severance right and foundation are the two that pop into my head that i watched and then mm-hmm. uh the many lives of um ptolemy gray which i don't think anybody's going to ask you to recover so i would Never say go ahead and give that a watch um sam jackson oh. it's like a huge star but like didn't get any like real press it got like middling reviews uh I thought it was really good in some aspects and then some bits kind of fell apart. So I would have no interest in covering it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. as far as like just something to watch, like a short little mini series, my cat just jumped and grabbed a handful of hair and I just took everything in my soul and I just screamed into this mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've been telling us that it's time to wrap this up. <laughs> she is like, I have been patient long enough. Pay attention to me. She really did just grab like like a hand. Like she didn't even have hands. I grabbed a handful. <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you all again so much for listening. Hope that you guys are enjoying our show. Let us know if you are. And again, make sure to check out Patreon.com/slash/unspoiled if you're interested in patrons-only stuff. Lots of back catalog things. And um, we're starting. We're almost at August, so it means I have to start oh thinking God. about what I'm going to do for Unspookled this year. I didn't do it last year because of wedding planning. And those who don't know, Unspookled is a show that has like kind of grown over the years, where I read allegedly true ghost stories with like sound effects and stuff, and I really try and like keep it. I, I try and keep to stuff that feels like it might have happened because some of the things are very outlandish and I'm just like, I can't read this with a straight face and I will listen back to my own recordings and get freaked out. So I think I do a pretty good job. I did that one time when I was trying to see 
whether I had already recorded a certain story I had found. And I was alone at home, unloading the dishwasher, listening to this story about like a woman being watched through her window. And I had to turn it off. I was like, why did I just do this to myself? (laughs) So anyway, if that speaks to any of you, that's a back catalog benefit of becoming a patron. Um, Yeah, I think that's everything. So until next week, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. You're free. Dirty. All the That was an unspoiled network podcast.